listening to Talking Law, the podcast where business owners just like you discover how to avoid legal landmines and build value using smart legal tips. Join your host, Joanna Oki, as she cuts through the legal jargon and gives you clear and simple actionable legal strategies, which will get you optimal business results. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to Talking Law, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we've got a bit of an interesting topic for you. We have brought back the fabulous Grace Yee, um, our trademark specialist over at Aspect Legal, to talk to us all about Harry Potter versus a Melbourne pub. Grace, welcome on board. Good to have you back. Thanks, Joe. Let's have a chat today about something interesting. <laughs> yeah, but trademark's always interesting. But I, I guess you're going to have to lead us through this one. It's a very interesting case about a pub that got into a bit of strife recently with Warner Brothers. So I guess let's get into it. Maybe, Grace, if you can share with us a bit of the story of what happened. Yes. So, um, as you know, the Harry Potter film series is the highest grossing movie franchise of all time. Okay. Actually, I didn't know that. <laughs> but yeah, listen as well. Okay. I love how you start with, as you know, and already. Yeah. <laughs> well, can I ask, have you read any of the Harry Potter books, Joe? Okay. Now, now I'm really casting myself out. I think, no, I think I have at some stage. Oh, Any really? rate. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised. <laughs> <laughs> so what's interesting is that Warner Brothers actually owns many, many trademarks to protect yeah. their rights in the Harry Potter world, not just the names of books, but they own trademarks for all of the main characters, all the minor characters, even the names of unique objects from wow. within the Harry Potter universe. So, for example, they own registered trademarks within Australia for the following names, flu powder, golden snitch, polyjuice potion, Bertie Bott's every flavour beans. And this is surprising because it just shows you how comprehensive they are. And they even own trademarks for places. So places such as Diagon Alley and Hogsmeade. So they're very comprehensively protecting themselves as much as they can. Mm. And I find this fascinating, just the breadth of what they're looking to protect, A, is fascinating, but B, it's also interesting from a legal viewpoint, and I guess useful for us to remind our listeners that trademarks protect you in relation to a good or service mm. for which you're seeking to differentiate your brand from a, um, a competitor. But I mean, how are they using, you know, I, I struggle to see the connection to trade and commerce, that this mm. is sort of an interesting concept, isn't it? Yes. So how some of these elements in the book could be seen as representing something in trade and commerce. So potentially maybe they have a line of, or we're considering having a line of uh, products under each of these marks perhaps. Yeah, possibly. And interesting, I guess, interesting then for the listeners to think 
about how this relates to the way that they might interact with trademarks when businesses many times just think of trademarks as relating or trademark registrations as relating to their business or company name or their clear product lines. Here we've got an example of Warner Brothers taking a really broad approach to what they think might have trademark protection. Yes. Anyway, that's a bit of an aside. <laughs> so take us back to what happened here. So what's happening is at the moment there's a play showing in Melbourne called Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. It's showing at the Princess Theatre and it's showing there till 2020. Oh. Um, and obviously Melbourne is in in a Harry Potter happy place at the moment. <laughs> and a pub that is located quite close to the Princess Theatre must have thought, hey, let's cash in on this a little bit. So they were a little bit cheeky. They started to theme their pub around the Harry Potter world. Wow. And there are lots of pictures actually of what they've done on their Instagram page and they're still up there. It's a bit cheeky, but I'll tell you what they did. They changed their rooftop area and called it Vertic Alley which is a bit of a play on Diagon Alley, which is a place from the Harry Potter world. Wow. And so not only is this a place in our fictional book, Mm. but it has a different name to the name. It's a place name in a book. It's fictional. Yes. But it's different to the name that we've created. Wow. Okay. That's right. That's right. But they also have other references like a wand shop a joke shop, a wizarding bank, a staircase which was decorated with the phrase, I solemnly swear I'm up to no good, which is directly out of the book series. They had a bar with a menu called the Marauder's Menu, and that's a play on something out of the book called the Marauder's Map. And they had menu items called Butterbeer, which is a play on a drink out of the Harry Potter world, and Harry's Platter, which is obviously a play on Harry Potter. Right. So they did lots of things to really, as a whole, make it really obvious what they're doing. So, Grace, tell me, I had been assuming that this was a trademark matter, but is this a trademark matter or misleading and deceptive conduct matter? Well, they were sent a cease and desist. Right. I guess in a cease and desist, they would cover all of those Exactly. But we can't see the cease and desist, Mm. so we don't know what the claims are. Exactly. Okay. Mm. So we have all of these trademarks, a really strong level of trademark protection, I think one would say. Mm. And then we have this Melbourne pub using words that are a play on words used in the Harry Potter book. And then they get a cease and desist. Yeah. Okay. So what happened next? So this pub had actually taken some steps to try and separate themselves from Warner Brothers. So they did have a disclaimer on their website saying they weren't affiliated with Harry Potter or any of the owners of the trademarks and things like that. And obviously, as you've mentioned, they took some steps to try and Mm. avoid obviously infringing the trademarks because Mm. they, they changed them so that they be different enough you would think. Mm. But obviously it was just too close. And this is a big moneymaker for Warner Brothers. They have deep pockets. Yeah. They're not going to take this. Yeah. They license all their rights to what they own in in their IP, in their intellectual property. So really um, this pub 
to get away with it or to do what they were doing, they really needed to be very generally wizardy, not so close to the Harry Potter world. Yeah. So it looks like what they've done after they received this cease and desist is they've taken some things down. The rooftop area was closed for a month over the whole of May. They've taken some of the obviously Harry Potter references down. So it'll be interesting to see what Warner Brothers does next because it's still very wizardy. They've taken some of the references down. It's a wait-and-see game now to see what they do next. But it's a very interesting case, I think, because over the years, Joe, you and I have been asked by clients who've come up with names for things that, that have a little bit of a reference to something that is owned by some of the bigger players. And our advice has always been don't go anywhere near it. Yeah, Especially with marks that are owned by the biggest players because they just have deeper pockets. It's just not worth the risk. Absolutely. And this is a really good example of I guess, some of the warnings that we give. Because the problem is, I guess, quite often this tension between law and marketing because for many reasons, but in this example, it's, you know, things that seem clever and tricky and seem to a marketer not to be offensive, <laughs> you know, to another business, to us in with a legal lens, yes. you know, can be really dangerous. And this is mm. the exact example of, I guess, where the problems really lie. And I guess, you know, I, I think we've already established that maybe there might be a few issues with the claims being made by Warner Brothers and who knows how far they'd take it. But the reality is if they're the ones with the deeper pockets, do you want to be the one taking that risk and throwing your money on the line to risk it? That's right. For what is probably a pretty good marketing stunt, but probably won't make up for the legal costs that Mm. it might trigger (laughs) for you as a business. So I think that's a really important point. But on the flip side, there is another point for business in all of this. It's not just the be careful, you know, how clever you're trying to get in your marketing. It's also, I guess, the concept that in fact, maybe there are broader protections here for many organizations than may really realize. Mm. But in order to defend those rights, you have to take action. And I guess this is what Warner Brothers has proven that it's, you know, it's happy to do. And you can see that taking an assertive approach like this, whether Warner Brothers were likely at the end of the day to be able to mount a claim against the Melbourne pub. Mm. Obviously, by taking an aggressive approach, they've gotten what they've wanted, which is the removal of the use of the marks. So, it also shows that you know, an intention to take action can just by itself deal with issues as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And And there's no doubt that from the pub's perspective, this was a great marketing. Mm. They've gotten lots of people visiting the pub. People seem to um, enjoy going to watch the play and then going to nearby eateries to eat and take photos and post them on their social media. And, Mm. you know, why wouldn't you want to go to a pub and drink butterbeer after watching Harry Potter play? (laughs) (laughs) But what was in the beer to make a butterbeer? I don't know. That just sounds weird to me, but I'm not not a beer drinker. So anyway, what can I say? (laughs) I think the the, the butterbeer out of the Harry Potter film, it's it's laid with this very thick layer of foam at the top. Oh, is that what it is? And it mustn't be alcohol. 
alcoholic because they're children, <laughs> children drinking this joke. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. I've, I've missed that bit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just people enjoying continuing staying in the Harry Potter world after they've watched the play. And yeah. how tempting would it be if you're a business located right next to the to the princess theater but i guess the point is they could have kept themselves out of trouble Mm. by still retaining the clever marketing idea but just getting a bit of legal advice first that's right and structuring the marketing in such a way that there wouldn't be a cause of action that's right you you know not a cause of action yeah they just skated too close they really didn't need to risk it like this they could have really minimized their risk by being as different as they can. Nothing wrong with having a pub that has a wizarding theme. It's just they really, really skated too close and it was really obvious what they were trying to do. Obvious to anyone, really. Yeah. So I guess let's work out what the takeaway points are. Other than a very interesting story, it's always interesting to hear what's happening out in the uh, interaction of marketing and legal in the marketplace. But what are our takeaways, do you think, Grace? For clients. Yeah. So if you're a business and you're always thinking of clever new ways to market yourself and coming up with ways to make yourself look different in the marketplace, think very carefully before doing anything that might infringe on someone else's IP, especially the IP of bigger players with deep pockets. Um, It's just not worth the risk of being sued. Um, potentially being made accountable for your account of profits made from the infringing activities. And if you're not sure, just check with us. Absolutely. And I think that's a good point. And then when there is this tension between feeling that legal advice is perhaps a bit too risk averse, I guess it's just it's just being aware that there are different ways of pitching marketing that keeps you in the safe territory. And we've talked here today about the IP issues and talking about trademarks and misleading and deceptive conduct type claims, which are perhaps passing off what would have been likely to have been in this cease and desist, notwithstanding we haven't seen it. But there's all sorts of other marketing tensions, I guess, you know, in terms of making claims that can't be substantiated and, you know, other areas that might be seen as misleading if you're a little bit too strong, you know. Yes, making claims. Exactly. So I guess in all of these areas, it's really important to keep a sensible balance Mm. between marketing and marketing in a way that it complies, obviously, with the laws and isn't infringing on anyone else's rights. And then on the flip side of all of this, I guess, is trademark registration. So bearing in mind, just like Warner Brothers has demonstrated, you can potentially get trademark registrations over a very broad range of things that may not be obviously apparent. And and of course, once you've got those trademark registrations, they can be really useful in terms of stopping people from getting too close to your use of the mark, just like in this case. I guess the other point probably has to be that it's important to, you know, once a year or once every couple of years to sit down and take stock of where value lies for your organisation and your brands Mm. um, to think about whether or not your consideration of what should be protected and registered is broader than what you'd previously envisaged. Absolutely. With all of this, I guess the main point is get your trademarks protected and registered because that process will protect you and ensure that you're not infringing on somebody else's mark as well. Absolutely. That's a really good point. Look, Grace, thank you so much for coming in today. This has been good. A bit of a different episode 
episode than usual. Just it's nice to have a bit of a chat sometimes about some interesting cases that are hitting us. Absolutely. So thank you so much for coming on board, Grace, as always. And if you would like more information about this topic or if you would like to talk to Grace or any other of our legal eagles in the trademarks and IP division of Aspect Legal, then just head over to our website at talkinglaw.com.au or aspectlegal.com.au and there you'll be able to trigger a free initial discussion where you can have a chat about trademarks or IP or any issues that are on your mind and we can give you a bit of direction in relation to what you can do to protect those valuable assets. And Finally, if you enjoyed what you heard today, then we'd be really grateful if you popped over to Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player and left us a review. And don't forget to hit subscribe if you've not already subscribed. Well, Grace, thank you so much for coming in. We'll have to have you back again next time you pull up another interesting case like our Harry Potter case. Thank you, Joe. Great. And thank you, the listener, for listening in. You've been listening to Talking Law, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. Our team at Aspect Legal specialises in providing trademark registrations and general advice on brand protection and commercialisation for companies and individuals based anywhere in the world. So if you work in creating brands or logos for businesses, or if indeed you're a business needing assistance in protecting your brand, we offer a free 15-minute consultation with one of our lawyers to discuss how we can help you or your client. We also provide free trademark packs if you want to get a bit of an understanding of the process and the timelines. And of course, we do more than just trademark registrations. We work with our clients on a range of issues to assist them in making their trademarks work for them. So if you want to find out more, pop us an email at trademarks at aspectlegal.com.au or head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au to book in a free consultation with one of our specialist lawyers. Thanks for listening to Talking Law. Tune in next time for more smart legal tips and tricks to keep you clear of those legal landmines. If you want to get a download of today's show notes, head over to talkinglaw.com.au. Information in this podcast is general in nature, not legal advice. If you want advice for your business, visit talkinglaw.com.au. Thank you.